Praise God. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity. We come before your throne. Let us find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. We always need you, Lord. Not a time we don't need you. And so we thank you that you are there to meet every need. Father, there are unspoken things that the desires of our hearts that we seldom speak or don't get a chance to speak, and you meet those too. So we thank you for it, Lord, and we bless you. You're always looking out for us and providing for us abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. I just want to remind you of this. Okay, so the month of December. This is the last week for December special. Uh, Wisdom meditations for every season. You all got one? Are you reading your wisdom? Thank you. Reading your wisdom meditations, getting wiser and wiser and wiser. That's good. And also want to remind you of our Strong Faith broadcast. It's on Mondays and Wednesdays, Monday at 9 a.m., Wednesdays 9 p.m. Always something good because <laughs> it's the word, because God is good. Amen. So praise God. Thank God for that. So today we're going to talk about the fact that your prayers matter a lot. Your prayers matter a lot. You know, there are times when the enemy kind of works your mind over. He makes you think that your prayers aren't going anywhere. What's taking so long? Like you got God on a time. God's not on time. He's in eternity. So <laughs> he's not watching the clock at all. We're the one. It would be good if we did what he does. Quit watching the clock. Because it's a clock that makes people quit. You, you know what I'm saying? They think if they haven't gotten such and such in by, by now, I'd have it by now. Well, who says? Amen. What? How are you judging that? And so we we have to be always encouraged in our prayer life and encouraged that our prayers avail a lot. Amen. They are righteous because when you pray the word, you're in God's righteousness. You know, when you have a covenant with him, you're in his righteousness. When you are blood bought and apply the blood before you enter the throne room, you're in his righteousness. Now, I'm one of these. I believe in, in repenting and confessing your sins before you even start prayer. And before you even, you can't assume. I mean, people will tell you, well, you don't have to do that every time. Well, why not? You know, I mean, it, it's like it's like saying, um, uh, well, God knows that you want your food blessed. You don't have to bless your food every time you eat. If I don't, I never will. You get the wolfing down and, you know, it's the same thing. You understand what it was? You just can't play a, pray a blanket prayer and believe everything's covered. You don't assume anything. You know, the Bible tells us, Jesus says, if you have ought against any, forgive. That's a big part of Mark 11, 22 to 25. And he said, when you stand praying, forgive. Well, you don't know to forgive if you don't stop and ask God to search your heart. If you don't acknowledge that it's the blood that gets you access. You know, there are people running around assuming stuff. They assume everything. They assume they're anointed. They assume their words have power. They assume authority over the devil. You gotta quit assuming because sometimes our assumptions are not bearing the fruit that we claim is working for. You know, if, 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 if all that is true, I mean, why does the blood still cleanse us if we can't sin and dis- distance ourselves from God 
you know, sometime throughout our Christian walk. Do you understand what I'm saying? And a good thing to do to get in the habit of doing, that's why I put it in the prayer manual the way I did. Repent and cleanse yourself in his precious blood because it's not you trying to remember what you did wrong. It's what God's reading in your heart. Amen. And you do enough of that and your prayers are hindered because your faith does not work in unrighteousness. Your faith cannot work for you if you got what you did wrong packed down and, and excuses for this and excuses and that didn't, that don't count because I did. Don't quit doing that. Just come clean before God. God said, you know what? I done messed up a lot. I want to get the slate wiped clean. Can we deal with yesterday, last week, last month, me being mad at the uh, the uh, gas company and, and the, uh, you know, insurance man and all of that, all that anger that we have and injustice that we think has been dealt to us and all that victimhood. We got to get that out of there because that don't come from God. That's not how God sees you. He sees you righteous and you got to get all these little stumbling blocks out of the way. Amen. Little foxes spoil the vine. It's the little things, the things we think ain't that significant. Amen. That will spoil the vine. And so the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avail much. You can step out of righteousness in a, in a blink of an eye. You know what I'm saying? And so we, we got to come clean because there are things God is dealing with us on and working on us. He's still getting the bride spotless. Amen. He's still whitening our garments. He's still delivering us from iniquity and, and compromise with the enemy and fears and, and all of that. You know, fear is not something to, to use as a crutch. Well, I was scared and that's why I did it. You shouldn't have been scared. If you were trusting God, you would have no fear. It, righteous people don't. The righteous are as bold as a lion. They have no fear because they're not in fear. They're in God. And so that's what we want to do. We want to perfect being in God. If there's one thing you can commit to do for the new year, it's stay in Christ. Stay right with him. Stay clean before him. Get all this nonsense out of your head that you got a good excuse for doing wrong. Just cut that out. Amen. And leave that alone. That That's for sinners. They don't have a recourse. You have all this available to you, and so do I. And we can stay in God's righteousness, stay in right standing before him. That's what righteousness is. It's not you never do anything wrong. It's, it's right standing with him. What gives you right standing? His blood. The application of his blood to your life. If nothing else, apply the blood to your conscience so you don't feel so bad all the time. You understand what I'm saying? And so we, we have access to the best of benefits in God all the time. We have it all the time. And we need to avail ourselves of it. And so that is a major portion of prayer is our righteousness. They, they matter a lot because you are, are among the righteous that God will honor all of your prayers. That's such a privilege that you never get turned down for anything. My goodness. That, I mean, come on now. You know, a, an excellent husband won't do that for you. You understand what I'm saying? There's some good ones out there now. Don't get me wrong, but the excellent man won't do all that for you. You know why? They got common sense. But I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs> they know we quick to get spoiled, but see, God doesn't care. 
That's why he tells us to ask for abundance. Not because we deserve it, because he wants to give it to us. There's no such thing as spoiled children in God's kingdom. Amen. Because he intends to give us everything. We're heirs of the whole world. How are you going to spoil yourself and it all belongs to you? Just a thought. Just a thought. So anyway, it's all good. So I, I, I understand. I, I've listened to this, this teaching. It's, it's like short. Like how long is that? About 10 minutes, ladies? Eight something. About eight minutes by John Lake. Now I forgot why, why I was so hot to get this to you. So we're all going to hear something almost new. I know I've heard it before, but it'll refresh me of why I thought it was important <laughs> for us to play today. So we're going to listen to that for eight minutes, and then we'll get back to the teaching. Praise God. In May 1920, John G. Lake moved to Portland, Oregon to start and oversee another apostolic church. During this time, he had the following vision. He could not sleep, so he walked in the shadows of the tall trees in Mount Tabor Park. Through the park is a footpath coming down through the trees that leads out to the street where we live. And in my vision, I was seemingly out in the street at the foot of this footpath. And as I looked up in the park, I was attracted by a quite brilliant light far up in the park. It was very slowly coming down the pathway to the street. I stood somewhat surprised supposing it was some nightman on some duty in the park, probably searching for something or somebody. As it approached, I discovered that, instead, it was an angel presence, and the brilliance was an illumination surrounding him. He stood a few feet from me and said to me, I have come to answer your prayers. Come with me. Three wreaths, black, pink, white. One dropped in San Francisco, one Honolulu. He said, through great suffering, through much tribulation, these have conquered. China, a man, a European, was lying on the ground. Close by lay his wife. On one side of her, a boy of about seven or eight, and on the other side, a girl of about ten or twelve. Turning to me, the angel said, These have given their all for the Lord in his kingdom. He took a white wreath, and as he held it in his hands, tears fell upon the wreath, and each tear turned into a diamond. It was covered by sparkling diamonds. He dropped the wreath, and it lit by the head of the dead missionary. Trans-Siberian Railway to Moscow and Petrograd. He explained the state of suffering of those under Soviet rule. 
Some scenes were so pitiable that my own soul was moved to tears. He said, the dragon, the great red dragon, the hater of Jesus, the enthroner of the human beast, he shall come to his end, and none shall help. He wanted to ask about Africa, but was restrained by the demeanor of the angel. Only limited questions were permitted, and some did not consider worthy of an answer. Johannesburg, South Africa. The heart of Jesus was once gladdened here through the glory, the grace, and the power of God manifested here. But human pride, formalism, and lack of faith have brought disappointment to the heart of him we love. But the glory will return, and the tried and true, those who've suffered and labored and prayed, will be rewarded. But all self-seekers shall be dethroned. India. He could comprehend the soul struggle of certain elements. The angel said, The present struggle is not a struggle to attain a knowledge of Jesus or to know his salvation. It is rather an endeavor to enthrone the heathen ideal of human efficiency. Palestine. He was made conscious of the enmity between the Jews and the Arabs. The angel said, the kingdom must first be in the hearts of men. Portland, church at Portland. To my amazement, on approaching the building high in the atmosphere, a half a mile or more, I discern millions of demons organized as a modern army. There were those who apparently acted as shock troops. They would charge with great ferocity, followed by a wave and yet another wave and yet another wave. After a little while, I observed there operated a restraining influence that constituted a barrier through which they could not force themselves. With all the ingenuity of humans at war, this multitude of demons seemed to endeavor to break the barrier or to go further, but were utterly restrained. In amazement, I said to the angel, what does it mean? He said to me, such is the care of God for those that strive in unselfishness for his best. I discerned the heart of the angel was overburdened. In answer to this, the angel said, Human selfishness and human pride have consumed and dissipated the very glory and heavenly power that God once gave from heaven to this movement, as you have beheld tonight. We were now at the foot of the pathway again. He took a step or two away. And in a sort of despair, my heart cried out, Angel, these are struggling for want of an ideal. What constitutes real Pentecost? What ideal should be held before the minds of men as the will of God exhibited through a movement like this? During all this time, I had carried my Bible in my hand. Reaching for the Bible... 
he opened to the book of Acts, ran his finger down over the second page, that portion where the Spirit of God came down from heaven. Proceeding through the book of Acts to its great outstanding revelations and phenomena, he said, This is Pentecost, as God gave it through the heart of Jesus. Strive for this. Contend for this. Teach the people to pray for this. For this and this alone will meet the necessity of the human heart. And this alone will have the power to overcome the forces of darkness. When the angel was departing, he said, Pray, pray, pray. Teach the people to pray. Prayer and prayer alone. Much prayer. Persistent prayer is the door of entrance into the heart of God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Did you receive that? Amen. That's good. Amen. And praying the book of Acts. Pray for signs, wonders, mighty deeds, baptism in the Holy Spirit. These signs shall follow those sons and daughters shall prophesy. Amen. That word prophesy really means to give your testimony. In the simplest form, and here we're running around looking for personal prophecies to manipulate people and act like we have a lot of knowledge. You know, we don't have enough knowledge to give a testimony where it's needed. And so, you know, we we need to, those of us who understand what God's looking for, just do your prayer. You know, don't give up on prayer. Don't don't turn your back on prayer. And don't think it, that it's a light thing. And, and I think sometimes the enemy's strategy is to keep us thinking, you know, that it's not that important. You understand what I'm saying? You know, you could be light about it and skip it and all this kind of stuff. But if we will endeavor to pray and keep our prayer appointments, that's so pleasing to God. Because he can't do anything until we get obedient to release his word down here. So he says that teach the people to pray. Pray is the door of entrance to everything that God has for us. Amen. And so it's not just for what we need personally, because you'll run out of that. You know, that won't motivate you to keep praying. You know, the thing that will motivate you is is God's spirit letting you know how important it is for us to pray. So so praise God. I just thought I'd share that with you. Uh, that's amen. Praise God. Amen. I think that's probably from around 1920 or 1930. John Lake passed away, I think, in the late 30s or early 40s. I'm not certain which one. Yeah. And he was one of those uh, turn of the century, Azusa Street, uh, John uh, Dowie. Uh, he was a disciple of Dowie. He pretty much studied with everybody that had any kind of sign and wonder ministry at that time and uh, he was able to wigglesworth they were friends and so from that you know incubator uh, people like that came about and they were there demonstrating the power of god god wants his power not just talked about but he wants to be able to demonstrate it and we'll have to talk about it in faith and expectation that god's going to show up and do what we say when we pray amen so it's just that simple so praise god so we're going to talk further about prayer got some things i want to point out to you just by definition 
uh, one of the definitions of prayer is supplication. So let me find that in my my Greek dictionary here. <laughs> it means to come near and to uh, um, 3.36, like I said. Okay, it means to supplicate, to worship, to pray earnestly, to make prayer. Uh, it, it means to um, hold the attention of the person that you're petitioning. Um, many times we don't understand or take much note of the fact that God is paying attention to us. To supplicate really means to get his attention and hold his attention with what you're you're doing and saying. And and the way that's done is by his presence with us. So we go to God um on on uh you know by the aid of the Holy Spirit who introduces us to the Lord, who allows us entry and access, because if we weren't born of his spirit, we, we wouldn't even have a relationship with God. And so the Holy Spirit then uh, helps us to hold God's attention when we pray. Amen. Uh, he is attentive to our prayers. The Bible says that. And so it, it's it's that's a good thing because many times people don't know if they're being heard or not. They don't know if, if they they have God's attention. They just aren't aware and assured of these things. So the Holy Spirit is there to give us the assurance that, number one, we belong there. Number two, God hears us. And number three, God will bring to pass what it is that what we are petitioning him for. And so it's it's a good thing. Amen. It's a good thing. Another word for prayer is to beg, petition, and beseech. So all of these definitions have to do with fervency. Uh, God doesn't want casual dropper in people who just casually drop in was up. Uh, you must be there for a reason. And the reason is because there is something on your heart that you need to uh, bring before him. Uh, oftentimes uh, there is what we call a burden. Uh, there's something that's too heavy for you and or you don't have an answer to it or you don't know exactly how to pray, what to pray. And so uh, beseeching and, and petitioning and begging are ways that, that you get God's attention where he knows that you earnestly desire what it is you're asking for. So that puts you over into get you out of the casual circumstance and put you over into the earnest circumstance like the bible says hezekiah turned his face to the wall that act in itself was enough to get god's attention that he paid attention to what he was saying and he realized it was not a casual dropping in or unsure of what he wanted or uh it it made it more intimate it made it more direct it made it more fervent uh made it more uh serious i guess when you when you see people get serious about something that they desire and there it's not just wishing something were different or wishing it would change or this is where you really really want god to move and and you want so you have to get his attention so when when you beseech petition and beg 
that's part of prayer. Now, people say things like, well, you don't have to beg God for anything. Um, I don't know how you express your seriousness before God, but this is what we're talking about. You know, people call it different things. Somehow begging has a negative connotation with it because people who are beggars, I guess, aren't entitled some of your, it's, it's, you know, you gotta, you're losing your pride if you're big or whatever it is. But it, it has somehow a, a negative, uh, sound to it to many, many people. And we're not talking about somebody who goes and, and, um, is not entitled to be heard. You know, I mean, that's, that's probably what people think about it beggar. Like, like Bartimaeus sat at the roadside begging. So he wasn't entitled to anything from anybody. He was just shooting in the dark to see if somebody would give him something. But there was an earnestness in his voice that you have to have, too, if you're going to get anything from God. So I don't know what you want to call it. I don't know what you should call it. I don't know what you you think you're calling it. But we are very much entitled to ask God for the things that we desire. And I think sometimes we're just not sure what what the outcome is going to be. So we're asking the best way we know how. Even though you go to him with scriptures, you go to him with the word. How many people have prayed for things and, and didn't get them? They didn't come to pass. You know, or God would bring a portion to pass not like you thought it was or anything. And sometimes we are totally mistaken. When we put put our prayer together before God, because we're asking out of our brains sometimes and our brains unsure and and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. So prayer is is earnest and it can be uh, sincere, but it can also not be as targeted as we we need to have it to hit the bullseye and hit the mark. So the. The earnestness in your desire for it kind of makes up for the the uh, um, uh, you know the mistake or the aim, your error in aiming and knowing exactly what God God wants you to have or what God desires for you or what your faith will bring in or anything like that. Your earnestness will make up for it because God says He would give us the earnest desires of our hearts. Amen. So your mind and your mouth may not be able to express it correctly, but your heart sure knows what he wants. And so that's why God covers it by saying, well, if you delight yourself in me, I'll give you desires of your heart. That's why things will show up in your mailbox you didn't even ask for. Because he's he's looking at what your heart desires and not so much you put together a right prayer or putting together or you know exactly what God wants for you or knows exactly what he wants you to do or knows exactly. You don't have to know exactly anything. Amen. Because the Bible covers that by telling you the Holy Spirit has a way to make your prayer, your request known with utterings that, that you words that you can't groans that you can't even utter. Amen. So there's a lot of fix up for us in this situation. So don't feel bad if you find yourself asking God, oh, please, God, please do this. 
because I do it now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can't let these doctrinaire people that want to correct everything all the time hinder you from from a good relationship with God. You know, uh, sometimes that relationship with God uh, has to go beyond just reciting the word and, and meditating on the word and thanking him for this and thanking him. You know, we all got a line of things we thank him for every day. And we all got a line of things we say to ourselves all day long to keep ourselves in faith and keep ourselves strong. But then at the end of the day, there's an utterance that comes from your heart that has to be uttered. Because if you don't ever utter that, then you don't feel like you've released your petition to God. So you got to release what you desire from God to him and begin to thank him for it. And, and God, you're a good God. And I, I know you hear me all the time, but God, I really, really want this, you know, and, and there are times where you just have to express that to God. And who's going to tell you you're wrong? Is God getting off the throne and, and shaking you because you didn't say the right thing the right way? Oh, he's he's helping you with that. He's our helper. Holy Spirit is our helper and our comforter. And he will give you comfort in 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 peace and rest about these things that he heard you and he's answering you and what you ask for is it's good. It's okay with me. I'll give that to you. Uh, you we have to have that assurance from him. And and sometimes you don't really always get it from reading the word. It doesn't always settle in the right way. And so you got to meditate with him and let him Bring your assurance of these things. So beg, petition, beseech. Sometimes you're not certain what his will is. You know he wants to bless you. You know he wants to take care of you. You know all these general things. But then there's specific things that that we go to him for. You go to him on behalf of other people. You know, sometimes you're begging for your kids. You know, God, I know they're not doing everything right. They're not, they're not giving, even though they're working. They're not, they're not giving like they should. And, and and as a matter of fact, I ain't either, God. You know what I'm saying? It's the holidays. Don't nobody get away they should during the holidays. And so, well, I take that back. Some people probably do. I don't want to speak for everybody, but, but people always have you, you, you give us your purpose in your heart. You understand what I'm saying? And sometimes you run short. So you give what you can. Amen. So so and he honors all of it. And so he's a merciful God. He's not there holding our feet to the fire about anything. And so so we've got to understand that God is a generous God, both in his spirit and in his mind and in his um, uh, relationship with us. Uh, he wants to help us and he knows we come from a position of being fallen people. We have all kinds of temptations. We have all kinds of, of pressures, all kinds of things that we were, we have obligations. There are some times when you've obligated yourself, uh, to do certain things consistently and, and you run out of consistency. <laughs> you know? Uh, and so he understands all that. You know, and he's not, he's forgiving of it. He's not excusing it and say, well, that's okay. You just keep messing up and I'll keep blessing you. No, he, he helps us to do better. Amen. Make better plans. Uh, look for alternative ways of, of getting the same job done. Amen. He'll give you creative ideas to get things done. You know, it's like, God, you know, I want to, 
do so and so for for the for this person and i i want to give this and i want to give that i want to show my love to you know and my care over people and i think if you keep it on on the basis of you know if you take it out of the material so much put it over in the god what can i do i don't want anybody to feel left out this christmas i want to f- make everybody feel included and feel loved so direct me show me how to do it you know instead of putting yourself on the line for a lot of material expenses you know and, and expensive things you know you you want to you want to make people feel loved by God. That, that's what you want. And so God will put you on the right road with that stuff. Cause, and he'll get you off the shipwreck, <laughs> wreck avenue in a hurry. Amen. Another word for, for a prayer means to invite, invoke. We're inviting God into our lives when we pray. And he's, when he receives us, he invites us in and it's reciprocal. It means to to call near when you pray. You call God near. You know, when you read the word, he's near because you meditate on the word and you get understanding and, and all of that. But when you pray, you call God near in relationship. You got me? He He's near to you in relationship. He's your father. Uh, it's the father-child relationship. Where when you when you say when you're reading the Bible, you get understanding, you get revelation. He imparts certain things to you. All that is true. But the other part of it, too, is that you you start to open up to him in a different way. You start to share uh, your concerns. You start to share what you know about. Well, God, you know, I see in your word it says this, this and this. What does that really mean? You know, what, well, how can I use that, God? I want to be able to get the benefit out of the scripture and, and apply it the way it's supposed to. But for some reason, it's caught my attention. It's intriguing me. And so I want to see if I can apply it in this situation where I need you to move. So, so these are the things where you, you start to communicate more on his level. He starts to draw you in and he will start to reveal things to you. Uh, you can't get it without that relationship of drawing near. You know, he revelation comes when you start to seek him out. You start to search. You start to desire to know and, uh, and not just have that he gives you what you want, but you want to know some things. You want to get understanding. You want to get uh, God, I want to be able to really uh, understand the scripture more and understand what you're saying here and how I can use this to my benefit. Or why am I why do I keep stopping on this scripture, Lord? Why do I keep parking myself right here? How is it that I keep landing on this every time I open the Bible? See, so you're drawing him near. He's drawing. He's putting something out there for you to grab onto, And it's up to you to respond to it. So your response is to call him near to you so it gets clearer to you because the closer he is, the clearer his word becomes, the clearer he becomes, the clearer he he understands you. Don't be afraid to ask him questions. You know, if 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 he says something to you, don't quite understand. God, I need to understand this. I don't I don't get that yet. God, I'm working on it, but I'm asking you 
to to pull that in for me. That's that's what prayer does. It draws you near to him. And that is very, very much a part of what he wants to do. He likes close family ties. He likes close relationships. He doesn't like just Christmas and Easter. Amen. We used to call them poinsettias and Easter lilies. You know, people, the the faithful people always joke about the people that that come on Christmas. And but I thank God for Christmas and I thank God for Easter. You know, these people want to criticize the holidays and they're God's holidays. What are you going to do that for? Why get yourself in a ball of trouble? Just do what you want to do, but don't take it away from other people. Because if, if it wasn't for that, a lot of us wouldn't be saved. Somebody dragged us to church on remember Easter. Everybody would buy something new. If you were a heathen, you didn't go because you didn't have no new clothes to wear. So for us, it was always about clothes. And if we got some clothes to wear, we went. But God got us there the best way he could for people who really didn't want to serve him. You know, so we felt like Easter, that's a safe time to come because everybody shows up. Christmas, that's safe because there's a lot of people there. Them other Sundays, not so safe because they be they be nailing you on them Sundays. But we can go on Easter and we can go on Christmas. And, and many times you get the biggest altar calls. I don't know how sincere them people are because most of them got dragged and beaten there. But I know there are some people who got sincere about God. During the Easter, you you want to sow seeds all the time, you know. Don't ever discount the value of these. We think they're pagan. Oh, yes, pagan because it you know Easter. That's a pagan word. So what? God redeemed you. If you go into heaven, I know we can we can celebrate Easter. You got me. We're celebrating Jesus. You pagan. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Some people always nitpicking everything. But but we need, I'm thankful. Anytime God has a holiday, I'm glad for it. Because I see people talking about Jesus because it's Christmas. Amen. That's another one of that. You know that started out. Well, it ain't that way now. It's been redeemed. Amen. God's redeemed it. You can't tell me all them people want to give gifts all of a sudden. It's just people. Your stingy boss don't even want to hand you your paycheck most of the time. They say, well, we got bonuses for everybody for Christmas. Be so happy to give it. Why the change all of a sudden? If God didn't show up on somebody's heart, there wouldn't be no change. Amen. So don't discount it. Don't don't tell God what to do with his birthday and when to celebrate it. He can celebrate. Neither he wants to celebrate it every day, but we won't pay attention, and the world certainly won't. So so let that alone. Let stuff alone that you don't understand what's going on. You know, mostly we our lack of knowledge causes us to do a couple of things: criticize or ridicule. It's all ignorance. Amen. You show your ignorance when all you can do is criticize something or ridicule it. So it's good to leave stuff alone. Amen. If you had more understanding, if you went to God for understanding, you'd understand these things. Amen. He's redeemed everything. You know, people tell that story about, well, you know, uh, 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 Emperor so-and-so took all the temples and 
and and and put crucifixes up. Well, praise God, he drove them heathens out of them. He got property for God. God got free property. That's why I'm looking for some free property for God. You understand what I'm saying? I'll take a a friend a friend of ours. Uh, y'all know him, L.S. Sexton. We met because uh, I was up um, ministering in Detroit, a, a prayer meeting. Somebody at church I was attending. We were just new up that up there, and and we got a chance to meet each other. He was invited there. He came, and and so at the end of the service, he came up to me. He said, he said, you know, I have a project I'm working on. The Lord has told me to ask you, and I think you're the one who can help me. And I'm looking around. I say, talking to me. You know, <laughs> De Niro, De Niro comes out. I'm looking around to see who he's talking to. And he said, you know, and he went on to explain to me, he said, I'm, I'm a church planter. He didn't use the word apostle, but that's the anointing. The sex successful ones have that anointing because they can go in the middle of nowhere and start praying and people show up is the most amazing thing. And he said that he had been given a, a, a building by his denomination. And he had been praying in there. He said, usually by this time, uh, this shows you the wisdom that people will get for their anointing. They know what to expect and when to expect it. They're not just shooting in the dark to see if something will happen. He said, usually by this time, I've got, uh, you know, more people in the church. He said, I see a few here and there trickle. He said, but it's not the way it's supposed to be. So he knew the power of his anointing and the power of his ministry. And that disturbed him, and he sought to correct it. And while he was there at this prayer meeting, he was invited. See, it pays to go where God tells you to go, when he tells you to go there. And he said, the Lord told me to ask you to come out and pray with us for for our flock to increase. And so I said, well, sure, where are you at? And I didn't know anything about Detroit. And I wound up going like an hour away from where I live, but drove out there. And the Lord did start to speak to me about what was hindering the 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 place. And, the, you know, and, and see, when you're anointed to judge atmospheres by the spirit, see, that stuff's easy for me. He's accustomed to praying the way he prays, but he's run into something. That his anointing can't quite take care of. So what do you do? You find somebody that's got something that can help you. Amen. This is how we work together as a body. We'll have to fight each other all the time. We'll have to malign each other and criticize you. We can work together. And so anyway, when I went out there, I began to understand some things that were going on. And he explained to me, he said, he said the building was owned by the Jehovah's Witness denomination. Uh, you know, before. And see, I had prayed for somebody that was under that, that denomination. They had been Jehovah and was wanting to leave, but they couldn't quite get saved and get free and all of that. And so I, as I was praying for this woman, I put my hand on her forehead like I pray for everybody. And I felt the anointing go right back down my arm. So these are strong devils, folks, because they are mind-controlled and mind-occult spirits. And they have a lot of helpers to help them keep people confused and rob them of understanding. Understanding has first come to your mind before you can receive it in your heart. And so the Lord told me, he said, tell her to renounce that and tell it to leave her and make it go away. She had to do it. 
I could not. You got me? I could with her permission. And so she did it, and I felt the anointing go into her, and that thing left her. Amen. And so I know these things are stubborn. Religious spirits are the worst, folks. Trust me. They're the worst of the bunch. And so when you deal with them, you got to be ruthless. You just can't let them hang around. You can't settle for a trickle. And I'm so glad he didn't settle for just a trickle of people and then let them come in and let them get influenced by, you know, you're recruiting for the Jehovah's Witnesses if you don't drive them things out of there. And so I noticed, you know, we, we got, he got some relief from that. And he said, you know, he said, I think oh, I gone out there once and, and then, you know, that, that we took care of and, and renounced that. And so he said, you know, he said, it's just still, I just feel like something else is, is hindering. And so, um, um, uh, I did go back out again, I think maybe one more time to pray. And as I was driving out there, I was driving by this, this Irish pub and the Lord told me to tell him the Irish were coming. And I'm thinking more from Shannon Crowley. She is all the Irish I do. You know what I'm saying? And I said, where they going to come from? Uh, Ireland or whatever from these pubs? I wasn't sure. I said, Oh Lord. So I told him that. And, uh, and, but, but a long story short, when I went back and I started to walk through the building and pray in tongues, the Lord told me, he said, touch the door, the front door. And I felt a resistance there. And it was, uh, they had left the doorkeeper in the building. <laughs> Elvis left the building, but they left the doorkeeper. And there was one demon spirit at the door resisting and keeping people. And we, cursed his his power and made him leave it alone and then there was freedom and kate mcveigh's family started to come up here right so the mcveigh showed up and uh, you know a lot of i went in there the next time i went there was all these red-haired people sitting up there worshiping god and and they were faithful talk about good foundational people to have in your ministry I mean, they worked hard. They did everything that was left to do. And I mean, the LS and Alicia just had a really, really easy time. And, and leadership came up. And there was a couple that, that did their youth ministry. Just some wonderful things God did in that area. Just when you can, can get the, get the strong man out of commission. So, you know, these leftover buildings, they need to be cleaned out. You know, we've done that before at the Presbyterian building that we were meeting in it was not our building it does not matter if you own it god owns it and you do what he tells you to do he wants his property back he want demons uh controlling everything that that he owns it's not right so so anyway um that's that's relentless prayer so he was relentless you know uh being an apostle and knowing what god's called him to do if he's not getting results he finds out what he needs to do to get results and you keep going until you get it and so that's that's a happily happily ever after of of uh you know what what you can do if you um make sure that you approach God and, and see from drawing near to him, drawing near to God and understanding how not to, you know, it's not working. Uh, I feel bad and be, you know, it's not your responsibility to do this. It's God's. He's just using you. So he'll give you the tools 
so that you can be used. And to this day, we're still friends with the, the, uh, yeah, the Sextons. They're a really, really good ministry couple and, and just faithful people and good people. And we've remained friends, uh, 35 years. I always tell them, I say, you were my first friend in Detroit. I say, everybody hated me, but you, <laughs> all the devils hated me. So we, we always have a good laugh about it. He says, yes, amen. He, pays, he uh, spells it a, A-M-A-N, amen. So, <laughs> so anyway, so, uh, but he's, he's a good man of God and his wife's wonderful. Just love them too. So anyway, but God tells us, to pray and not faint. And that was the other thing I was going to bring up about his approach to his ministry in prayer. Uh, he refused to faint. He refused to give up. In Luke 18, verse 1, we see Jesus teaching his disciples. And this is from the lips of, of the Son of God. And these these truths are, are very, very powerful. Uh, and he says, Luke 18. And he spoke a parable to them to this end that men out ought always to pray and not to lose heart, not to give up, not to faint. This is what happens to people when they don't show up at church anymore. There's something, you know, God showed me this. He said, there's something they want from me. And instead of accepting the fact that I want them to have it, the devil has convinced them that I'm against them. You got me? So they walk away from it. And he said, many of them are merely trying me. They're not sold out. He said, and I can't do much for them if they have another source besides me or if they'll walk away from this covenant as quickly as they want to. And so many times God, people are in testing mode. This ain't church hurt, folks. That's been lied about so much, it's pathetic. Because you get desperate enough for God, you go to a church where they step on you on the way in and on the way out. Because if you find God there, you're going to stay there. But if you're looking for games, you're looking for fame, you're looking for to be the soloist, you know, you're going to be sorely disappointed here because you're going to be here singing by yourself. <laughs> Acapella with no mic. Amen. I'm serious, you know, so. It's just the way things are. We just keep it simple so it don't get stupid. Amen. Because it'll get stupid real quick if you complicate things. So Jesus said this. He said, there was in a city a judge, mean, didn't fear God and didn't regard man. He didn't care about nobody. Amen. Nobody moved him. Except there was a widow in that city. And she came to him saying, avenge me of my adversary. In other words, some, somebody owes me something, and I want a, a, a favorable judgment out of you. Amen. She wasn't there just begging for something that didn't belong to her. This rightfully belonged to her. Amen. Adversary is always stealing. You got me? And he would not for a while. So he just sat there stiff and immovable and wasn't going to be moved. But afterwards, he said within himself, this ain't working for me. You understand? <laughs> My usual ain't working. Why? Because she's working him and he's not working her. See, that's always the option in any situation. And he says, even though I don't fear God 
In other words, I don't care if God makes me, tells me to do it or not. I ain't thinking about him. And I don't care nothing about people either. Yet because this widow, she's bugging me. She won't go away. I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wears me out. In other words, I'd rather give her what she wants and get rid of her than sit here and listen to her. Because you know what? When he says she wear me out, what that means to him is she's going to make me change. I'd rather be known as the mean judge that don't think nothing about God or man. But if she keeps talking to me, she's going to make me change how I look at things. She's going to convert me, in other words. So he got rid of her just so he can keep his reputation. Uh, sometimes it's like that. You know, and I'm not talking about with God, but you can look at it and you can draw a lot of good conclusions about the way God, God wants to give. He's already given it to us. Amen. So he's not withholding any this man is withholding from her god has already given us everything so we're going continually to a friend so there's a reason why it has not been released to us yet sometimes our our continually going back increases our faith increases our confidence increases our relationship with god you know what I'm saying? It's like if I came and sat down and talked to Nikki every day, you know, just stop by and talk, stop by and talk, stop by and talk. Pretty soon we're starting to share some things because you can't talk about nothing all day long without getting a change in you. Something in you understanding transpires and it it's called relationship. You start sharing stuff. You know, and if you don't have anything in common, you just polite there each other and keep it moving. But these interactions are life changing. They change us on the inside. This is sometimes why we keep going to God and why it might take a long time for us to get something. Say it didn't take this long the last time we had a need in this area. Now it's taken seems like forever. It's, it's so that we don't get beyond relating to him. See, there's enough people that are teaching us that God is like an ATM machine or a slot machine. You understand what I'm saying? Money don't just come to you. God sends it to us. Amen. The Bible says give and it'll be given to you. Don't say it'll come to you. It'll be given to you. It's given by somebody. Amen. And so God keeps him the somebody in there so we don't start taking it for granted. Amen. You know, if this woman had gotten what she wanted first time, she's, I don't pay no, he's a soft touch. He'll just give you what you want. See what I'm saying? But see, the, the, the unjust, uh, judge is, is trying to protect himself from getting that reputation. See, no, nobody who sits in the seat of judgment wants to be taken for granted as a soft touch. They want people to believe that they are are actively thinking about and weighing things against the law, and they'll get a fair hearing. The, he he wants to be known as somebody takes the job seriously. Well, if he gives candy out to everybody that comes up, how can they take him seriously? 
So sometimes the more they weigh and consider things, the more they're respected. This lady had to respect him because he sat there. He was the key to her receiving what she needed. And I think God does that with us sometimes so we don't take him for granted and think it's automatic like a slot machine. Money cometh to me now. You understand what I'm saying? Mine don't never come like that. I don't know about y'all, but mine just don't come like that. And I wouldn't want it that way. I'll never want to disrespect God and think he's automatic on everything. You know, he's automatic on a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. You Sometimes you start walking with God, and before you look up, it's here already. You didn't even ask for it. You understand what I'm saying? And so so we we need to to look at this as a a way to say God wants relationship with us. Sometimes you have to persist in prayer because you need you need him more than you need what you think you need and what you're asking for. You need to understand him better. You need to not not have this screwy idea about him. You know, and sometimes we all had them goofy ideas about God where we need to, to understand him better and, and come to know him better. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm yet sitting before the Lord wanting to hear, hear what the details about a prophecy that I've heard. And I, to be honest with you, I'm, I've been expecting because I know what I prayed ever since I heard about the, the end time move of God and he gave us this ministry because we're headed toward that and I know what I prayed but I never really got details before and so I'm yet sitting before the Lord waiting for all the details and and I keep thinking to myself I said God am I asking right am I doing right and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this and he'll look at me one time he said I keep talking to you he said, when I showed you your glasses that were missing, and I showed you you don't need somebody around you to find your glasses. He said, I'm talking to you. And it's like, God, why am I not hearing from you? He said, I'm just not talking to you yet about that. He said, but I am talking to you. Amen. So so many times the, the unscheduled blessings are ones that we're not really expecting. He's throwing us a bone so that we don't get discouraged. I shouldn't say a bone. You know, bone from God's got a lot of meat on it. He know I don't don't like bones unless I finished all the meat already, but you know what I'm saying. You know, but, but it's, it's a, it's a token. Even though it's real, he has to meet you in your own language so that you'll know uh, that he's there and he doesn't want you to be discouraged. He doesn't want you to lose heart. He's invested too much in us to let us walk away because we get in a knot about one particular thing. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm I'm yet before him. Hey, God, I'm cutting up down here. Look at this. Going through the word. I'm eating up the word. You know, but yet. <laughs> and it's like, keep. Keep doing it, girl. You're getting there. You're getting there. But it's going to be when I'm I'm ready. But but I'm glad that he knows I'm ready to hear. You know, I've gotten beyond the stage of legalism. What do I need to do to get him to talk? 
You understand what I'm saying? And that stuff gets on all of us. Because when you jumping through hoops and doing cartwheels, none of which I do, I'm talking figuratively, you know, to, to get God's attention, you know, sometimes just a, a change in your heart, desire attitude about things will release it to you. I just don't know what it's going to be that's going to get it. I just know it's going to come. He promised me I was going to see it. You understand? And so, so this is, this is the whole issue of it that we stay faithful. We stay praying. We stay expecting. We don't lose heart. You can't faint. Amen. So this lady did not faint. Amen. She kept coming back. In fact, she might have been doing push-ups in between. So she made sure she had the stamina to get in there. And he says, and, and he says here, what this here, what the unjust judge says in verse six and verse seven, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. See, your faith people will tell you some, some ain't right with this scripture. You understand what I'm saying? It just, you know, there's some things that, that can be received like that, but there's some things that going to be toughies. You understand what I'm saying? It, it's, you know, there's like people can believe for healings and stuff like that, you know, come quickly. And it gets, God doesn't want us to suffer. But there are people that, that are doing all they know to do. And still all their symptoms have not left and they persist some. What, what do we do in that case? They're, they're not doing anything wrong. They're holding on to their faith. They're still trusting God for it. It's just bugging you. Cause you don't know what you would do if you were in that situation. You see how we project onto other people? That's, that it is. And Praise God. It's so, it's on. You, am I on over there? Praise God. Thank you. It's so easy to do. You know, we compare ourselves with each other. If I was so-and-so, well, I don't know how they put up with that. I don't know how they, well, you ought to be glad you don't know. Because that's not your test. That's their test. You know, you stay in your little business over here. And then pretty soon before you know it, you swimming in trouble over in your little backyard. Got enough for you and everybody else to keep them busy. And so, yeah, we got to quit meddling with people, you know, and learn how to encourage when they need encouragement. If they don't need your encouragement, keep your mouth shut. Amen. Just just smile and keep that. Not everybody is waiting on your words so they can get it together. You understand me? They have a relationship with God. They can tough it out. Amen. And it says God will avenge his very elect who cry day and night. Hello. We got more crying to do sometimes. Don't let the, don't go to bed without reminding God, God, I'm still expecting this. I still believe it's going to come to pass. God, I'm expecting you to, you know what I'm saying, to come through for me here. You know, we do it with stuff that we think is life and death, but with some of the other stuff, we kind of slack on it. So so when you really love God, you'll be intense 
on everything that's put before you. Amen. Every prayer that's put before you to pray, you'll have the same intensity about it, the same fervor, the same desire to see it come to pass. Amen. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says here, pray without ceasing. And then in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We will never pray without ceasing if we don't learn how to be thankful to God. You know, if if you keep praying because you feel like you have a lack in your life, it doesn't work as well as if you felt perceived that you were full. And thanksgiving is a sign of fullness in God. I'm content, God. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for, you know, whatever it is going on in your life. For I thank you that, you know, you woke me up and, and, you know, I'm healed. I'm whole. I don't have any pains. I don't have any troubles. My bills are paid and I got more coming. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, I have a security in you and, and just keep that thanksgiving before the Lord and your prayer has more faith on it if you're thankful. I just believe it. It's because you're in the spirit where God is. And you're always going to get your more fervent prayer, your more uh, faith-filled prayer. There's nothing hindering your faith when you're thankful. When you're not thankful, you got a mountain to move out of the way before you can really pray and really connect with God. So when you pray without ceasing, that means don't quit, don't give up. Don't get casual. If you find yourself just confessing the word because you didn't confess it enough and now I'm catching up with my, don't do that. You know, take a break from whatever your mind fatigue or whatever you're doing and just take time to worship God. God, this is the problem. I've gotten so busy. I'm not thankful. I haven't been worshiping you. I haven't been in gratitude for anything. I'm just after the next thing. Well, you just can't be after the next thing because that's not pleasing to God. He likes you to enjoy where you are now, inspect everything around you for for what it has for you, you know, what's in it for you, all of that stuff. He wants you to uh, examine your life, wants to look at it. God, I thank you. I, I'm I'm not uh stiff and sore i was when i first got up but you didn't lubricate me you know what i'm saying it's like you know, I, you know i'm just i bounce back you know whatever god i bounce back quickly i thank you for that you know and and i thank you that it's getting better every day because it's increasing every day amen i thank you lord that i have unlimited energy amen unlimited energy instead of you know i went through a thing where every time i get up out of the chair i would remind myself how old i was and i thought where did i get this old lady spirit from you understand what i'm saying and i had to watch myself i said god how did that get in my mind and so you know it's like okay stop doing that to yourself because you're going to start feeling it certainly ain't going to make you feel better Amen. And so so you have to guard your your heart and guard your mind 
and and line it up with the word of God. You know, every time we pray that that protection prayer, leave, live to be 120, our eyes and our natural strength is not abated. You just read that, but when, when you get up, you remind yourself how old you are. That don't make sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. I have unlimited energy. God renews my youth every day. I thank you, Lord, that I'm not not where I could be at my age. I thank you, Lord. I'm I'm greater because you're greater in me. Whatever, whatever. Keep yourself in his word. Keep your keep yourself meditating on the word. Keep your mind on his word. Amen. In in Luke eleven verse one, the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. And I think that's a good prayer. We need to be taught to pray. You know, people think, well, you know, yeah, I pray. Yeah, the prayer, you know, everybody prays. Well, yeah, but do everybody get an answer? Does every, is everybody heard? Is everybody pleasing to God? I don't care. You know, I've been studying on prayer, and we have a prayer ministry. You understand? You don't ever get too proficient in, in what you do for God to not need help. You know, you... You know, you read about these people who never told anybody about their need, but God and, and the answer showed up. And I thought, well, I need some of that. Let me go find. So, you know, you go digging up these old manuscripts and stuff, trying to read them and all that. I need some of what they had. You know, you know, uh, George Mueller said he could pray for a million dollars as easily as he prayed for one dollar when he was first got started. Toward the end of his life, he said, I could easily, as easily pray for a million dollars as I can for one dollar. And I said, I want some of that. I do. I want some of that. Amen. And you, you do. And, and it's there for you. You can receive that off of him and understand his lifestyle and understand how he lived and, and that kind of thing. And so, you know, just, just borrow what's for you. You're not going to get it all in one shot. You're really not, you know. It would blow if you had to live, if you lived, if you could watch him and live in his house as a fly on the wall, you'd be to fell off that wall in about five minutes. You understand that you hear something in the corner go, boop, that's you, and fainted off the wall. Amen. Because, uh, you know, you have to grow sometimes into a lifestyle of, of, of prayer and fasting and, and understand what that means and understand what that means for you. You can't allow your mind to go idle. That's what I understood about some of those. Early. Wigglesworth kept a Bible in his pocket. If he had a break in between doing whatever, he opened that Bible up. So that's how he could raise the dead. You understand what I'm saying? So, so, and don't don't think that you can't do it or can't ever do it. You may not do it the way he did it, but at least you have a glimpse into what he took. For him to be able to to do what he did. And so God has ways of getting that kind of faith into us. If you really desire it, you know what I'm saying? Not just something to hang a shingle up and say, I got this level of faith and this is what my faith can do. But if you really desire it, he'll lead you into it. It's not closed off to us. We can get it just like they could. Amen. So the disciples asked the Lord to teach them to pray. And he gave them the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to go through that the next time because we're going to pray right now. And we're going to pray for um, the year coming up. The Lord did give me a prophecy. about <laughs> Where is it? Did I give it to you on my phone, Gigi? I might have sent it to you. 
uh, yeah, Rachel, go get my phone, please. I'm going to look for it on there. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I put it uh, put it in my photos or where I put it. I'll find it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, if you want me to do it or I can do it the next time we get get to it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Gigi found it for me. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Shirley. I love you, my sister. You always come through for me. She's been my backup all these years. Amen. 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 We love you, Pastor Shirley. And you have a very happy birthday. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. It's called The Lion Will Roar in 24. The Lion Will Roar in 24. Loud and proud, calling his people to intercession. You were here and feel the Lord to come to your battle stations. Shake off all that that is with you for the king is here and he will appear to and go to look for justice and mercy for those who look for justice and mercy in life the healing river will flow once more Uh, uh, once you hear the roar then run to the war run to your battle stations and take up arms for the enemy is exposed and is on the run now it's time for the fun and the lion will uh, the lion will roar the lion will rout uh, the naked uh, enemy and my bride will have a new immunity to threats and symptoms from lack and doubt for i have sustained you through it all now is the time to gather the spoils to work for me you will be supplied and you won't believe your eyes abundance to the faithful servants who long for my appearing I will show up with a mighty earth-shattering roar. You will hear it. You won't miss it. I'm coming in mighty glory. You will live to tell the story of the outpour, the last move, the great rain to water my harvest is here. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, Father, we received that and we thank you. I'm going to have another copy put. There were some things I did at first by voice. So there are some things the voice picked up that weren't accurate there, but that's the gist of it. God is going to uh, alert us with a mighty roar. It's not going to be a whisper. It's, it'll be something earth-shattering and earth-shaking, and he will equip us. We will be fully equipped. We're not waiting on anything. It will be there when we need it. So, Lord, we thank you for your word for this year. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing for us We thank you, Lord, for the move of intercession that is coming. We thank you, Father, for uh, the gifting and the calling of God that won't that won't diminish and won't cease. It will be there, Lord. It will be there. 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 Thank you, Lord. You will not fail us. You will not let us down. You will not move until we have come to our battle stations and all are accounted for. Everybody who shows up will be equipped. 
So I thank you, Lord, that we show up right now in the name of Jesus. We declare that we have the ability to show up, that we will run to our battle stations. We will not fail you. We will not miss you. We will not miss this because this is what we all have been living for. And that is to serve you and to usher in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that you've chosen us to participate in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. Can't get Rona. She can't get me. And I don't have it. You name whatever it is that you're fighting. Amen. And it don't have me. (laughs) And thank you, Jesus. By your stripes, we are healed. Amen. Amen and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen.